Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses the Muslims now, the believers now, that do you covet the hope that these people will believe you? Tatma'una is from tama' Tamim'ain and tama' is to badly desire something. Like when you really, really want something. You know like that feeling where maybe a month ago or something, when you saw everybody with those fidget spinners, right? And now people even bring them to class. And then you've been looking and you've been asking your dad and nobody gets it for you or every time you ask, you don't get it. So every time you see a fidget spinner, what happens to your heart? Exactly. I want that. It's when you desire something from your heart, you badly want it. So some people, they badly want fidget spinners. What did the Sahaba want? The companions of the Prophet ﷺ, what was their wish? They wanted people to believe in La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah. That was their wish. And they wanted it so badly. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses the Muslims here that Afatatumaruna, do you wish Ayyu'minu lakum that the Bani Israel should believe you? Meaning their hearts became hard after seeing a dead man come to life. Their hearts were hard after seeing so many miracles, learning so much, witnessing so many blessings. What happened? Their hearts became hard. Now you think that they will believe in the Prophet ﷺ. You think they will do that? What do you expect from them? No, they will not. Especially because, وَقَدْ كَانَ فَرِيقٌ مِّنْهُمْ There is in fact a group of them. فَرِيقٌ فَرَاقَافْ is the root. Fariq is a group of people. So there is a group of them who يَسْمَعُونَ كَلَامَ Allah, Who listen to the word of Allah. يَسْمَعُونَ from سَمِعَ سِينْ مِمْعَيْن To hear. They hear the kalam, the speech of Allah. What is kalam? Kaf la mim is the root. And kalam is that which is said, which is spoken, speech. And the kalam of Allah is referring to His book. They hear the book of Allah. But then after hearing it, what do they do? ثُمَّ then يُحَرِّفُونَهُ They change it. They alter it. They distort it. When? مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا عَقَلُوهُ After they understand it. عَقَلُوا is from عَيْن قَافْلَام عَقَل is your brain. right? And you use your brain to understand things. So after they fully understand what Allah is saying, what the meaning of the verse is, what the book is telling them, after knowing that, what do they do? يُحَرِّفُونَهُ They distort it. وَهُمْ يَعْلَمُونَ And they know what they're doing. Meaning they do this deliberately. So what do we see over here? The reality of the hard heart. What is that reality? Unbelieving, despite knowledge. Lying, deceiving, arrogant. Refusing to change themselves and willing to change the word of God. You see, changing anyone's speech is not okay. But changing Allah's word, this is a serious crime. So the Bani Israel, they would do tahrif of the kalam of Allah. You see the word yuharifuna, tahrif, harrafa yuharifu, the root is harrafa. 
Harf is a letter and harrafa is to change, to distort. Literally the word harrafa means to turn and deflect something. Okay, to turn something. When you turn it, you deflect it, it's no longer how it was originally. Okay? And tahrif of a speech is in two ways. The first is, it's given in your notes, in wording. And the other is, in meaning. Firstly, in wording. What does that mean? That literally the words are changed. Not completely, slightly. But even with that slight change, what is happening? The meaning is going to change. Like for example, the Bani Israel were told to say, Hitta. What did they do? They said, Hinta. They just added a noon. Hinta. This is an example of tahrif lafli. Changing the words. Mispronouncing them. Likewise, once we learned that a group of them came to the Prophet ﷺ and they said, Assalamu alaikum. What does that sound like? The greeting. Assalamu alaikum. Right? But they said, Assalamu alaikum. Aisha radiallahu anha, she was very intelligent. She heard it. She knew exactly what they meant. Assam means death. Sam alaykum, may you die. So they were pretending like they were saying the Muslim greeting, but they were saying something else. And while this may sound very, you know, funny, okay, if you do it as a joke with another person, light joke, okay. But doing this with the word of Allah? Doing this to attack others? Who would do that? The one whose heart is hard. So changing the words. Then the other is changing the meaning. How is the meaning changed? When there is translation happening. Okay? When you're telling somebody, this is what this word means. Or you're explaining. So they would distort the meaning, meaning misinterpret it. Incorrectly interpret it. Why? To suit their own desires. So, يُحَرِّفُونَهُ مِن بَعْدِ مَا عَقَلُوهُ Now the thing is that if a person accidentally misreads something, and it happens sometimes, that a different word is written, but you read it as another word, because you were just reading it so fast, you didn't catch all the letters, and you misread it, you didn't understand, you misread it, okay, that's a mistake. It's okay, because you're a human being, you make a mistake. But when you know what is written and you misread it on purpose and you misinterpret it on purpose, that's not acceptable. That's a crime. And doing that with the word of Allah is a much more serious crime. So here we learn that the Bani Israel, they did this with the Torah, with the book that was given to them. The Torah, they changed it, they altered it. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, do you think they're going to believe in you now? If they had the audacity to change the word of Allah, play with that, they had no respect for the word of God, you think they would have respect for you? وَإِذَا لَقُلْ لَذِينَ آمَنُوا And when they meet those people who believe, قَالُوا They say, آمَنَّا We have believed. Now it so happened that when the Prophet ﷺ migrated to Medina, some people from among the Bani Israel, they actually came and they said, We believe, we believe. And they said this just verbally to please their friends. Because if you're the only one who says, no, no, I don't do this. I don't believe in it. It seems awkward. So just to fit in, just like the hypocrites we learned that verbally they say we believe. So likewise, some people from the Bani Israel came forward and they said we believe. But when, وَإِذَا and when, خَلَى بَعْضُهُمْ إِلَى بَعْضُ خَلَى From the root letters, خَلَى wow. 
we did a similar word earlier also in regards to the hypocrites. And khalaw is to be alone. Khala to be alone. Ba'duhum, some of them, ila ba'din to others. Meaning when they're alone with each other, when they're having a secret conversation, a private conversation, qalu, they say to each other, atuhaddisunahum? What are you doing? Are you telling the Muslims, tuhaddisuna is from the root letters, ha dal sa. Ha dal sa. Hadith. Are you familiar with the word hadith? What does hadith mean? Statement of the Prophet ﷺ. Now, why is it called hadith? Because it was narrated. The Sahaba said, I heard the Prophet ﷺ saying such and such. And when somebody is narrating something to you, telling you something, it means they're telling you something of which you were not aware of. You did not know about it. So it's new for you. So, to hadithuna, do you tell them? So the Bani Israel, they would say to each other that are you telling them, meaning the Muslims, bima about that which fatahallahu alaykum, Allah fataha on you. Meaning, why are you telling them about it? Now what is this bima fatahallahu alaykum? Fataha is from the root letters fataha and fatah is to, what does it mean? Fatiha. To open, good. To open something. And Open something, what does it mean here? Informed, has informed you, revealed to you. Why are you telling them about what Allah has informed you? Why are you telling them about what Allah has disclosed to you? And what is it that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had informed the Bani Israel of? In their scripture, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informed them about the final messenger. What his signs would be? what his qualities would be, his characteristics, what he would do, even his manner of speech, all the descriptions were given. So we learn, I mentioned to you the incident where Abdullah bin Salam anhu, who was a Jewish rabbi, what did he do? He came to the Prophet ﷺ and asked him some questions. And the Prophet ﷺ answered them all. But what happened? He believed, but the rest of them did not believe. So this means Abdullah bin Salam knew about some signs. So where did he learn about those signs from? From the scripture. So they said, they would say to each other, why are you telling the Muslims that this is written in our book? Because if you tell them, what will they do? لِيُحَاجُّكُمْ بِهِ عِنْدَ رَبِّكُمْ They're going to argue with you near your Lord. Meaning on the day of judgment, they're going to say that, oh Allah, these people knew all along, but they did not believe. So what they're saying is basically, hide the evidence. Pretend like it doesn't exist. لِيُحَاجُّكُمْ is from the root letters حَاجِيم جِيم حُجَّة is argument مُحَاجَّة is to argue with one another أَفَلَا تَعْقِلُونَ and they tell each other do you not understand what are you doing why are you doing this it's interesting huh they're scolding each other that why are you being foolish why are you telling the Muslims about this but if you think about it hiding an evidence does it change the reality Pretending like the truth doesn't exist, will it really hide the truth? No. So who is really not using their reason? The one who is trying to hide the evidence. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أَوَلَا يَعْلَمُونَ Do they not know? This is from ilm, Ain Lam Meem. أَنَّ اللَّهَ يَعْلَمُ That indeed Allah knows مَا يُسِرُّونَ وَمَا يُعْلِنُونَ Whatever they hide and whatever they reveal. 
Yusiruna is from Sin Rara. Sir is secret. Yusiruna they keep as secret. And Yu'linun from Ain Lam Noon, I'lan is to reveal something, announce something, make it public. Meaning, just because they're talking about this in their private conversation, and there's no Muslim around, so he wouldn't come to know about this. Well, does that mean Allah doesn't know? Why are they so concerned about clearing their account before people or having a great image in front of people? They should be concerned about being truthful before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because that is what matters. People's opinion of us will not affect our eternity. It will not affect our afterlife. What matters is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows about us. And Allah knows everything about us, what we hide and what we publicize. So, what do we see in these two verses? That the Bani Israel, their scholars, what did they do? They either changed the book or they concealed parts of the book. They either changed it or they concealed parts of it. What about the rest of the people? The average people, the general people? What did they do? What was their state? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمِنْ هُمْ And from them are ummiyun. There are people who are unlettered. Ummiyun is the plural of ummi. And ummi, what's the meaning in your book? What do you have? Ignorant, unlettered. See the word ummi is from the word um. And um is who? Who is um? Mother. So an ummi is a person who has learned only from his mother. And what is meant by that is that he has had no formal training. You understand? He has had no formal training, meaning he hasn't gone to a teacher and learned from that teacher how to read, how to write. Okay, So he doesn't have any literacy skills. He cannot read, he cannot write. This is who an ummi is. Okay, An unlettered person. Alright? And the Prophet ﷺ, he said that we are inna ummatan ummiyah. We are an ummah that is ummiyah, unlettered. And what he meant by that was that la naktubu wa la nahsabu. That we do not record nor do we calculate. And he said this in regards to the sighting of the moon. He said that the month is either 29 days or it is 30 days. And what he meant by that was that you begin the month when you sight the moon. If you don't sight it, what do you do? You complete the month as 30 days. So basically what is meant was that there is no need to calculate, etc. So an ummi is who? What's the first meaning? Unlettered, meaning someone who does not have the skills of reading and writing. Secondly, there is a second meaning of the word ummi. The term ummi is also used in contrast to people who had the scripture. So there were the Ahlul Kitab, people who had the scripture. And then there were the Ummiyun who did not have any scripture. And who were they? The Arabs. The Arabs did not have any scripture until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent the Prophet wasallam and sent the Qur'an for all of mankind, not just the Arabs. Okay? So these are the two meanings of the word Ummi. Firstly, unlettered. And the other, without religious scripture. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that amongst the Bani Israel are those who are Ummi. How? Because the Bani Israel were who? People of the scripture. Isn't it? So how did they become Ummi? 
How did they become Ummi? They had scripture. So how did they become Ummi? They're called Ummiyun because La Yarlamun al Kitab. They do have the scripture, but they don't know the scripture. They don't know the book. They don't have any knowledge of the book. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls them Ummiyun. Remember, no matter how educated we become, no matter how advanced we become in our knowledge, no matter how many books we have read and how many degrees we have, and how many exams we've taken, how many certifications we have, yes, they're good. But if we don't know the book of Allah, one book, which is just 114 chapters, which can be read easily in one month, so easily, but if a person doesn't even know the book of Allah, who are they then? Ummiyun. Whatever other knowledge they have, it doesn't matter. What matters is, do they have knowledge of the book or not? And remember, believing in the book alone is not enough because the Ahlul Kitab, the Bani Israel, they had the Tawrat. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala still calls them Ummi because they had the Tawrat but they didn't know a thing about it. They didn't know anything that the book said. So this is something that we need to think about also. That I believe in the Qur'an. I have many copies of the Qur'an. A big one, a small one, one that is color-coded and one that is not color-coded. And then I have one with translation, one with notes in it. Having the book alone is not enough. Believing in the book, yes, that is good. But what perfects that belief is knowing what the book says. So ummiyun la yalamun al-kitab, they don't know the book, and the only thing they know is illa except amani. Amani. What are amani? Amani is the plural of the word umniya. Okay? It's the plural of the word umniya. And this is a very interesting word. The word umniya, firstly, it means false hopes. Or you could say, False imaginations, meaning a person has just imagined something, you know, made a detailed image of it in their head, and it's purely imaginative, it has no basis whatsoever, and this is why the word amani refers to lies. Falsehoods, lies. Uthman radiallahu anhu, he said that, مَا تَغَنَّيْتُ وَمَا تَمَنَّيْتُ مُنْزُ أَسْلَمْتُ that since I embraced Islam, I did not taghannaytu or tamannaytu. What is tamannaytu? What he meant was, I have never spoken a lie since I embraced Islam. Beautiful. So, amani is what? Lies. False hopes. So, what is being said? That many amongst the Bani Israel don't have knowledge of the book, but they base their religion on what? False things. False hopes. Hearsay. They heard one thing from one person, another thing from another person, and so that is all they know about the religion. And if you think about it, many Muslims are in the same boat. They don't know what the Qur'an says. They don't know. But they have their beliefs based on hearsay. You know, for example, in the Qur'an, are we taught not to waste food? Are we taught? Where? In the Qur'an, where does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tell us not to be wasteful? Can you think of a verse? 
Okay? Kulu washrabu wala tusrifu. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that. But people have made their own things also regarding wasting. Like I remember when I was a child, I was playing with salt. Have you ever done that? Like you see a, you know that salt dispenser and you're like, ah, oh, you know, a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. Right? And as you're doing that, what are you doing essentially? You're wasting salt, right? So somebody told me, don't waste because on the day of judgment, you're going to have to pick the salt with your eyelashes. And I was like, oh my God, will that salt even be there? Because I heard that on the day of judgment, you know, the earth will be rolled out, flattened completely. Where will that salt be? And how will I pick it up with my eyelashes? How's that going to happen? But that scared me. What's the basis of this? What's the basis of this? Is there a hadith? Did the Prophet wasallam say that? No. Is it said in the Quran? No. Who said this? People invented it just to scare others. And there are many other invented things in religion that people know about. If you ask them simple facts about the Quran, they don't know. But if you ask them stories of saints or things with regards to some haram actions, they will tell you one thing after the other with no proof, no basis. So their religion is basically founded on what? Lies. They don't know the book and they only know lies. And this is something that we need to think about. How much of what I believe about my religion is based on actual knowledge, solid facts? And how much of it is based on hearsay? Another meaning of the word amani. Amani also means, now write this down, Amani also means recitation. Umniya also means recitation, reading. So what is being said here? That amongst the Bani Israel are people who have the book, yet they're unlettered, because they don't know the book, but what they do know is only recitation. They only know how to read the book. That's it. They don't know what the book says. They don't know what the book is commanding them. They don't know what the book is stopping them from. They only know how to read. And they have stopped there. And this is something that is very scary. The first time I read this meaning, I was frightened. Because so many of us, you know, it's common when a child begins to read like three years old, there's a you know urgency that they must learn how to recite the Quran. So they have to finish their Nurani Qarda. And after that they have to read their 30 Jews. And then they have to read their whole Quran and then there's a big Ameen. And then what? Then what? Nothing after that. And if the child knows how to recite really well, then what happens? He has to become a Hafid. And so for three years, no school, only Hifth, Hifth. And after that, what happens? What happens? No more connection. Whatever they memorized is also forgotten. Because the focus was just on reading. Reading the book is good, but it is not enough. Reciting the Qur'an is good, but it is not enough. So now tell me, that when is a person scripture literate? When is a person truly knowledgeable of the book? Who is a person who really knows the book? In the light of this verse, tell me. Okay, so she mentioned one point, when they reflect on the book. You can write that down with yourself. 
So a person who knows the scripture is who? One, they reflect on the book. But isn't there something that should be done before reflecting on the book? Before reflecting on the book? Okay, understand the book. So write that down also. Reflect on the book, understand the meaning of the book. Okay, what else? Review it so that they do not forget it. Very good. They implement the lessons in their life. They live the book, they practice the book. And also one more thing she mentioned is that they're calling other people to the book also. Because when can you tell other people to do something? When you firmly believe in it yourself. They spend time with the book of Allah. Very good. When they do tadabbur on what they're reciting. So, what are the points that we have? First of all, they believe in the book. If you don't have these points, make sure you write them down. They believe in the book. Secondly, they read the book. Thirdly, they know what the book says, so they understand its meaning. They understand it. Fourthly, they reflect on it, meaning they connect it with their life. They connect it with their life. That okay, this is what the Qur'an is saying, now what do I have to do? What do I have to stop? What do I have to start doing? What do I have to do differently? They reflect on the book. And then, they also call, others do it. These are the rights of the Qur'an. And those who do not give the rights of the Qur'an, what are they called? Ummiyoon, la ya'lamoon al-kitab illa amani, wa inhum illa yadhunnoon, and they only assume. Yadhunnoon is from the word dhan, la, noon, noon. And dhan is to form an assumption. How? That you don't have any facts, but you just assume things. Based on the little that you can see, or the little that you heard, you just made an assumption. So, for many matters about the religion, they only assume. They don't have conviction. When it comes to a person who is truly scripture literate, he has conviction. He doesn't assume. He has conviction. He has strong faith. 